You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second and 12 from his own goal line with time. And that ball is intercepted. B.J. Goodson off the deflection. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hello, Grump. I hope you're doing well. I hope all of our very loyal listeners are doing well. We really appreciate everybody. We're all in this together, gang, so there's no use uh, no use complaining. We might as well make the some lemonades out of lemons and talk about our favorite football team, the New York Football Giants. You know, for, for as bad as it can get, you know, I, I couldn't be asked to uh, quarantine with a better uh, fan base, honestly. I mean, we could be Browns fans here, we could be Eagles fans here, but at least we're all Giants fans, right? Yeah, I mean, I doubt there's any trolls who are wasting their time listening to us for any information. So right. I'm, I'm assuming if you hear the sound of this voice, unless you are one of the spouses of you know, said hosts, you are real Giant fans and loyal Giant fans, so we appreciate your loyalty to the football team and to us. So thank you very much. So hope you're all safe and feeling well and uh, getting the itch for football. I mean, whenever that may start. Yeah, and it was supposed to start today, technically. Uh, today was supposed to be the first day. Uh, I, guess, I guess it still was. It, it was the first day where um, – Teams could communicate with their coaches, and that's a big deal for teams like the Giants that have all new coaching staffs. Um, so playbooks were distributed today, but it's not business as usual, right? Yeah, I mean, does that mean this is the first day of the league year or just the first day on the calendar where they can start communicating? Like the, the league year opens up when free agency starts. Okay, so this is the first day of the official 2020 Giants football team. Right. And, Correct. you know, that roster obviously is going to be shaped further by the draft, unsigned free agents, post-draft, training camp, although that's all thrown up in the air this year. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, I mean, we can almost guarantee, almost guarantee that rookie mini camp, which usually happens in very early May, uh, is, is done. Not happening. Yeah. Not happening. Um, I You know, it's interesting because it's rarely talked about, but there's a – it's very important, but there's a rookie symposium that happens right after the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically – it's a bunch of different things, but it includes, you know, how to conduct yourself as a, you know, a public figure, how to manage your money, how to, you know, watch out for people who are out for your money, just things like that. Acclimating, you know, ultimately we are very young men – into you know a very large role and a very large financial role, and uh, you know they all go and they have to sign themselves in and they're you know they have to stay there for I think it's like a maybe a day or two or something like that. Um, it's you, you very important. Um, they get, yeah, I mean it's basically how to become a man really quickly. It's you know they give you financial advice. They give you you know how do you you know how do you act on the road? You know it's a lot of these people. You know they it's a lot different. Being on the road as a someone in college as opposed to being in the NFL, right. you know, it's you're basically like on a field trip from school when you're in college. Strict, strict rules every second, you know, determined for you what you're doing. In the NFL, you're you're men, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on your own. You manage your own money too. You, you know, do your thing exactly. In school, you don't have to worry about money. Be 
I mean, for the most part, if you're a part of a, a big program like a lot of these guys are, unless you went the, to Georgia, but that's another story. <laughs> a lot of these guys, you know, for everything that you actually need is pretty much taken care of on campus. You know, the things that you want, that's kind of another story, right? These guys right. get into all sorts of trouble in school, but for the most part, whatever you need will be taken care of for you. Um, and and you know, you have people helping you with your grades and your classes to keep that all in the back burner so you can focus on football. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. And this is kind of where the Rookie Symposium is important. Is it kind of tells you how to get your shit together so that you can focus on football. Because teams will help you, but they're not going to bend over backwards because they're paying you. Yeah, and let's, let's you know, make sure I understand. This happens after the draft, mm-hmm. correct? This is not uh, – so you, when you're going there, you are already – you know, you know what team you're going to be on, and it's not just for draft picks either. It's, it's you know, for all, all rookies, un- I believe. Undrafted free agents who come in as well, because just because you aren't in one of the seven rounds doesn't mean you're not in the same situation emotionally, financially, maturity, and all that stuff. So, yeah, and uh, I I don't know how they plan on doing that this year. I mean, that might end up being some kind of weird Zoom meeting. Well, you know, maybe this is something. Well, it's probably safe to say that people who are eligible for the draft may not be going to class spring semester, whether they have graduated or just said the hell with it. They'll be back later at some point. But, you know, we are kind of evolving very, very quickly into a society that communicates via Zoom or Teams or Skype or whatever, you know, your mode of uh, communication is. So maybe, you know. We've been at this now for about a month. You know, the draft is about another four weeks from now. Mm-hmm. You know, the savviness might be there where, um, you know, they can probably do this a little easier. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all kind of completely new territory, but we're all acclimating pretty fast. Um, you know, it is interesting. How do you think things went today for the Giants? I mean, we don't really know. We're, there wasn't really reported on how things went, but. I assume that all of the – the whole roster was was given their playbooks today. I mean this this is new for everybody. And we've seen some clips of Daniel Jones working out um, in, you know, very small group settings of, you know, three, four guys. Um, this is really going to come a lot on him and him building a relationship with Jason Garrett. And I can only hope that they're, you know, in a lot of close contact as they've now allowed to talk. You know, it's really bad. I feel bad for guys like in this draft, for example, quarterbacks that are pretty much expected to start really from day one. You know, you're talking about the the Burrows and the Tua's and stuff where, you know, Daniel Jones has been through this for a year already. He's been through, you know, not really rushed, you know, like this time last year, he was kind of brought along, did his thing. Now these guys are being expected really to kind of, you know, they have no idea what they're in for. You know, as much as they think they know what to expect going from college or D1 or the SEC or a national championship team, going to the NFL, day and night how fast the game is, day and night how much more intricate the offenses are, the defenses are, the coaching staffs are. So it's going to be really, really tough for them. Um, you know, the Giants, you know, disadvantage, new coaching staff. Uh, but again, like we mentioned last week, Three teams in their division are in the same fate as well. And we're talking with uh, 
about teams where, you know, another team in the division has a second year quarterback as well. You know, Dak Prescott's been there a while. Um, what's his name? And Philly's been there a bit now. So, but, you know, every team's going to have their challenges. And it's just, uh, you know, nobody's at a real advantage or disadvantage. I think overall, of these certain aspects where they're going to be in better shape than others. But, you know, this is just a crapshoot for right now. And, you know, this all might be moot. You know, whether this season starts on time or starts later or it doesn't happen at all or anything. Uh, I think it. I think teams are just kind of, kind of playing it by ear, I think, now. Just doing the best they can. Kind of like all we should be doing. Yeah, you know, I, I know that, that there's, you know, two other teams in the division that, that are in the same boat with new coaching staffs and whatever. But, you know, one of those teams, I think, from a roster standpoint, is already better, you know, w- with Dallas. And, and the I, I, you know the Eagles in Dallas I think you know they have an advantage you know they're they're, they're better teams roster wise they're in a better spot and Philadelphia you know they can contact each other the playbook is mostly there you know there's just some upgrades here and there and you know those guys are all familiar with each other they can you know contact each other the new guys coming there they can go to instead of just going to the coach they can go to Carson Wentz you know new wide receiver can go to Carson Wentz and ask for clarification on certain plays and that kind of thing can happen. You know, that can't happen at these other organizations. So they are at a disadvantage and it sucks, but they're going to have to dig their way out of it. Um, like I said, I can only hope that there's a, you know, a strong line of communication already started with Daniel Jones and, and Jason Garrett. And uh, I guess, you know, to a, another extent, Patrick Graham and, you know, Blake Martinez and whomever. So- let me ask you a question. So today was the first day they could do team activities like passing out you know, playbooks and you know files and iPads and all that other stuff. Were they allowed to communicate at all beforehand? Like speak on just phone conversations, you know, talking football. I don't believe the coaches were. I think uh, you know, like upper management could. You know, I I believe that you know Dave Gettleman can call, but I think a lot of it is usually management to agent, agent to player kind of communications. I don't think a whole lot happens. You know, this is this is the short time period of vacation that they have. You know, all these people, coaches. Yeah, I was just, just going to ask you what is the what is the point and the benefit of having dead periods before they can talk? I can see, you know, maybe up until a point when the league year starts or something, but it's you know I don't see we're we're in such a year round calendar with the NFL with you know these guys aren't going and loading you know ice blocks in the offseason to pay for their you know the lack of money they're not making or anything this is this is a year-round profession now they're working out year-round yeah but, and why the coaches what's the benefit of this what's the benefit of what having that off period not having the dead period and saying you can't speak till this day it just it seems silly um i think it's not like, it's not, it's not like you're cheating like in college like to get an advantage for recruiting or something well it's, i mean there's a difference between personal activities and and, and Club act, club activities. You know, um, these guys all work out constantly. You know, they're they're in really good shape. Most most of these guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about conditioning so much as it's about getting you know plays. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like I mean, working I mean, together I mean, as a team and doing things like that. So that's what I mean. It's an assumption that these guys are keeping themselves in the maximum physical shape you know they may not right. be in necessarily football shape and you know brushing up on 
basic skills. You know, it, it's a real rare occurrence that guys get out of shape in the offseason. Certain guys, you know, it, it, the fact that it's widely reported when a player comes to camp out of shape shows you how rare it is. Most of these guys come into camp and they're pretty good to go. And usually it's something like, you know, some beefy offensive lineman or a defensive tackle or something. Yeah. You don't, you don't often see like a cornerback coming in 25 pounds overweight with a boiler. I mean, that's very unusual. Yeah, I think the most notable would be like uh, of the skill position players would be like Jamarcus Russell and maybe Devin Funches too. Was He came into yeah. camp kind of overweight. Uh, but, but there were the always questions about like Jamarcus Russell even before, yeah. you know, he got drafted. Like one of the things like this, you know. But, you know, that's but, – but I'm saying, though, know, like the mental part of the game yeah. that kind of – never mind even starting to read the playbooks and understanding the playbooks. It's just kind of getting to know your coaches, understanding personalities, understanding mm-hmm. – you know, and it's just as important for the coaches to kind of feel out what, what the hand they've been dealt with with players as players understanding how they're going to receive information, how they're going to be, you know, coached. And it just seems – I understand that why that's not a – a year-round activity. Well, I think it's to give contract. I think it's to give. Well, part of it I think has to do with the players' association. Mm, I, 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 I think I think that some of it has to do with the union wanting off time for the players to do what they will. I mean, if they choose to be in shape that whole time and and do personal activities with their personal trainer, then that's on them. But if they don't want to, if they want to go on vacation and do things like that. They are not well, obligated to to show up to a team, you know, thing. Well, they've been talking about, you know, mini camp. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about basic. Hey, Joe Judge is going to call Daniel Jones, and they're going to talk for a half an hour about, you know, my philosophy about what the offense is. Or let's I, let's let's. I mean, let's I, I get through. what you're saying. It's it's not yeah. really physically demanding, but nevertheless, I mean, people want vacation. They want vacation all the way. I think – and I, I do think that that's only part of it, the player association. I think the other part of it is to protect teams that are starting over. So you don't have constant communication from the end of the season to the start of the next one for teams that aren't turning over any coaching staff. Well, I, I, can see a, I can see a slight dead period. I mean remember the season ends for everybody. It's over February. We're now in – you know, this is recording this on Monday on April 6th. I mean that's that's a – you know – would be nice if I could have a nice vacation for three and a half months to do, you know, for something like that. That's it. Just three seems and a like half, it, it, come on. It's it's like um. Well, for the Super Bowl winners, it's it's a month and a half. Maybe no, it's two months. It's two months. Two months. But a team like the Giants, we're talking three. That's you know, and again, we're not talking about boot camp. But we're talking forty hours a week. We're talking about hey, uh, like a weekly check in. Let's talk for an hour, whatever. It just, it just seems like an antiquated rule or just the way it is. That's the way we've always done it. And I think technology and how much more of a business and a full-time business this is, it seems a little outdated to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it also sets a an end and a beginning and it, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um but what else is interesting, you know, aside from the fact that I can only assume that maybe there was some conference held with coaches and players today via Zoom or, or some other virtual level, um, you know, we as as fans only learned about this today, Monday, April 6th, that um, things are a little bit 
wonky where you know this is the first day they can handle playbooks and whatever but they can't be in contact with each other but teams are preparing in advance so I would assume that there was some sort of virtual setup for them to all talk and go over some stuff sure I mean, or, shit, or at least my, with like the key players and the key coaches. You know? Yeah, I mean, we figured it out in my office in about thirty minutes. I'm sure these guys much better technology and better planning and you know more intricate things that we do. I'm sure it's it may be something that is like a league kind of thing that they work the NFL. So sure. you know that might be something where it all has to be the same. Like you all have to use you Microsoft know, Zoom service or tablets. Yeah, who, who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who knows? But I, I think. Um, I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. I mean, that there is always every big organization has disaster relief programs and protocols into place in case something like this happens. So, oh yeah, I mean, and and you know, the, if there were if if there was a uh, a lockout, this might have been a very similar type of situation. Or so. And I mean, it, the the president had like a press conference, not a press conference, a conference with the heads of major sports uh, associations. You know, and and they went over when they expect, I guess, or maybe just assure them that there's uh, a chance that there could be large gatherings of people for stadiums and stuff like that around the time the NFL season starts. So like August, September is what was mentioned, whatever. But the the fact is, is that these these organizations, these billion dollar enterprises, they they are years in advance in planning already. You know, so. Things like this, they're ready for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I you know. I know what came out of that was they are hopeful that uh, you know we'll be able to start meeting again in like in, in bigger groups in August in, in time frame. And I don't want to rehash. We had a whole episode you can want listen to from last week. We kind of go over all the scenarios and stuff, and we think the country's ready. You know, the bottom line is we have no idea at this point where we're going to be, but. Um, <sighs> It's just very exasperating. It's just kind of one of the things we're all hoping as sports fans and as giant fans and just fans are going outside and not trying to be sick that uh, we you know we want to hope that things will be normal come Labor Day. And it, it might get a little wonky before we get to Labor Day, but having that 16-game schedule over 17 weeks, you know, and I don't know. Um, you know, there's not really a whole heck of a lot Trump can say. You know, it's, I think it's good that he had had this mean to get the opinions of the different leagues. And I think it's good that all the heads of the leagues got together and were able to kind of share information and their thoughts. I'm glad that meeting was behind closed doors where people can speak a little more frankly about what they're thinking, what they're planning. Um, hopefully the president you know, behind closed doors doesn't put on as much of an act. You know, in a campaign speech that he does in his press conferences, and they actually are talking about serious things. So I, um, you know, I still in the belief that I'll believe it when I see it that we start in September. Um, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting, it's this whole thing, it's just making me very just frustrated. And it's not, it's just the frustration is not so much that why aren't we getting back? It's just, the unknown. And the unknown is the part that just drives me crazy is, you know, I know people want to get back to work. I know people want to get back into stadiums. I know people want to watch sports on TV, you know, but just because we want to do something doesn't mean it's going to happen when we want it to happen. So 
you know, hopefully this thing kind of just dies itself down and, you know, we can get some sort of, you know, modified schedule to prepare and to start the season, whether it's 16 games or, you know, in full stadiums or a shorter version, you know, on closed sound sets, you know, I think we will see some sort of football, but other than that, I, I don't know. Um, as I'm going off into super tangent land, uh, one suggestion I did here today, uh, I thought was really interesting. What's your opinion on, you know, how, what's a logical way to cut down the schedule if we have to cut it down to condense it. And I, I thought something we, I heard say was really cool would be, you know, you play eight games a year in your division. We play four games a year against a, a another division in your conference. So right there, you got a 12-game schedule. Yeah. That seems like a kind of a realistic cutoff, I think, if they have to shut it down. Yeah, you get you know, rid of the out-of-conference games. You get rid of the out-of-conference games. You also get rid of the strength of schedule game. You know, the mm-hmm. – you know the. We play the fifth place team and the fourth place team in this division and this division and the, right. and the other two. So, I think that's, I think that's what the logical cut down would be if we actually do go from sixteen to a lower number. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Because we're trying to make, you still want to make it as fair as possible, and you still want to keep that balance as fair as possible. So, if, we, if you go down, you don't want to have some a situation where, well, we still want to have. You know the Bucks and Giants because that's the best ratings. Well, that's not really fair for the rest of the league if you're forcing that game on. So, what's interesting is that it's a complete schedule rewrite, and that you know that sounds like you know a bit of a headache. But when you think about the real headache, is there's already plane trips already booked, there's hotels already booked, all that stuff is already done. Well, the schedule hasn't the schedule hasn't come out yet. Well, that's what I'm saying. Once once the schedule comes out, which is is Supposed to come out um, right after the draft, I think. It's it's usually after the draft because they kind of want to know who the marquee guys, where they're going to be drafted, where they're going to play, and that that may factor in a little bit on the who's the primetime game that week. Right. Yes. Like, like but, but I mean, what we're talking about here is like a month away. It's it's not yes. far off. So, um. It's just – it's kind of interesting. That I think that's a fair way to do it for sure. Yeah. Um, the question will be how do you think they will roll this out? Do you think they will actually start off with a normal 16-game schedule and you know an as-is schedule and have something in their back pocket as a backup plan? Or do you think they just are going to keep everything on pause and – know as we go forward no i think they'll have a backup plan and then a backup plan for that and then the nuclear option of ending the whole season or something like that you know i i think they'll have they'll just work their way on scaling backwards i mean i I don't think that it ruins a whole lot of preparation on the team standpoint i don't think it makes it unfair to assume you're going to have your 16 game schedule and then you know Oh, oh so are you saying that you think we'll do is they'll start off with a 16 game schedule and just lob off weeks like yeah. week one is canceled? No, no, no. To- I, I think I think they'll have a schedule backup. You know, I don't think I think that there will be because preseason games have tickets sold, right? I mean, just end of story. That's a thing that happens, and that's a large gathering. Therefore, you know, there's going to be milestone checkpoints as to when. Um, we where we are as a nation health wise and what we can do and what that means and when when we need to 
check off those boxes that we're okay to proceed. And the first thing is going to be the preseason games. I mean, the first thing is going to be training camp. But for large gatherings, I mean, they can easily be like training camp is usually open to the public, right? But they can they can shut that down, you know, due to health, whatever. Sorry, you can't attend training camp. But teams can gather at that time, then fine. But, you know, those preseason games where, where tickets are sold and there is a very large gathering of people, there's going to be a milestone for that. And if they don't hit that, then they have to really start considering the, the you know, it, it, shit. If they can't do the training camp from a player standpoint, from a team standpoint, where they can't have 100 people in one spot or some bullshit like that, they have to consider shortening the season at that point. It's, I would say it's an ironclad lock. You will not have preseason games with crowds. Oh, I, w- I would agree with that. I'm just saying. I, I think, I think, I think that there's milestones that they're, that they're checking off where we are as a nation and what that implicates going through the future. I, th- I think un- unrequired, unnecessary crowd gatherings of over like 100 people will be one of the last things that will happen in this nation as we come back. I mean – you know, it's going to be such a slow rollback of what you know the restrictions are. From like, we can have five people in the restaurant now; you can have ten. You know, very, very, very slowly things will increase, increase when quote unquote leisure activities, where it's not required or necessary that you have to be in a gathering of eight thousand, fifteen thousand, forty thousand, eighty thousand people, will be close to last, and that. You know, it sucks for the business of sports, but, you know, this is the way this is. And, you know, I, I'm convinced there'll be no preseason games for people being there. And you got to remember something, too. The way they're going to do this is if, you know, one person on one team tests positive, everything's going to be shut down. It's going to be just like the NBA. I mean – because you can't just shut down, you know, somebody on the Giants has it. They're not playing. Now, that that's – this is the – this is you – know, sports are kind of the closest thing we have to true socialism in this country. And it's all collective. And if one can't do it, they all can't do it. So, you know, it, it's not as simple as, well, you know, we've passed the peak. The rates are going down. That doesn't mean people aren't going to still get it. And, you know, even having a group of – 85 people in training camp together. That's going to be a high risk. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm very hopeful. You know, my favorite time of the year is from Labor Day to Christmas or Labor Day really till, you know, February 2nd. But I'm really kind of strapping myself in for the fact that this is not going to happen. And it's, it's really, it's impacting me also because like, you know this gap we have where we have nothing to talk about but the draft, and you know it's interesting. Like what we're doing, I'm really enjoying going through all the positions, what our needs are, looking at people. But I don't know about you, Grump, but I can't take any more of Giants Twitter every day. It's got to be Simmons. It can't be Simmons. It's got to be an offensive lineman. Can't be an offensive lineman. I am just, I am over it. You know, I don't know if it's just because it's just we, we've been. You know, the same people who are making the same arguments for you know, weeks and weeks, and we still have another three, four weeks to go. It's just – I don't know if I'm getting cabin fever on Twitter well, or in I, some part of it. It's the same arguments that happen every year. It's amplified now, and it's not blanketed by any hockey, 
basketball, baseball to cover it up. I mean, it's easy to yeah. ignore when there's something going on, but right now the only thing going on is like bad news, I guess, or just you know depressing news. So it's it's easy to be like, uh, let me let me go to my sports list here, and then it's just people arguing instead of people arguing mixed in with you know baseball scores and stuff like that. So yes, to me, there's you know. And again, we've been going through every position group, what our needs are, and we've been kind of analyzing. You know, when you're talking about the fourth pick, which we're currently picking, we're going to get somebody really good that's going to help this team in whatever position it is. And I just see the the arguing that goes back and forth and just this incessant, you know, it'd be the biggest colossal mistake if we don't draft Isaiah Simmons. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> you're going to get a very, very good player. Who you know will help this team tremendously, and will will shore up a need for a long time, and you know I, I get it. You know again, most people who argue have seen X amount of film, and that's it. And to you know kind of stake these claims that this is a colossal mistake if you don't take this guy, it's just you all just have to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. A colossal mistake would be not turning in your card, which incidentally won't be happening this year. So as part of all of this, the draft, the, the the NFL sent out a memo to prepare all clubs for a fully virtual draft. So that even means that they can't sit together in a war room. They all have to be in separate buildings. So I wish I would I wish I would have done that for the movie draft day. Probably been a better movie. Man. You're gonna watch <laughs> it, aren't you? You got nothing to do. Oh totally. <laughs> Jennifer Garner, have a good time. <laughs> Pancake eating motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, I digress. This is an awful movie, um, but it's it, it's going to be very interesting. And you know, I assume of all the clubs, you know, in, in the memo from Roger Goodell, it does say like you know we understand that some clubs have already been planning for this, etc. I assume the Giants have been one of those clubs. I assume the Jets have been one of those clubs, just because. New York is sort of the epicenter. This is like ground zero for this, you know, situation. You know, I could see maybe perhaps clubs that aren't nearly as prepared would be I mean I, I think most clubs are, but I would assume something like Kansas City maybe is a little bit less affected, you know. Yeah, but that that's logistical stuff. I mean I, I don't I don't think this is really a even if they haven't even thought about it to this point, I mean I think it's something that can very easily be solved. You know, and, and I'm not I'm not overly concerned about any team in the league logistically being able to do it. The question is going to be how efficient is this going to be and is it going to work to like, you know, from a league standpoint and then from our own selfish standpoint, what kind of TV is this going to be? Yeah. That's I mean, interesting. Like, well, the only thing that, you know, I saw somebody say their prediction for this is that we'd see an unprecedented amount of trades and I don't see why that would be the case. I mean, it should function the same way that they always function just because it's virtual now. I mean, trades still have to be proposed over the phone or, or through the internet. They, they have to communicate with each other. And if anything, I think we'll see less trades because it might be a little fucking confusing with so many people in so many different areas. I mean, this isn't a situation where you have a bunch of guys in one room with like a million phones. You know, now you've got Dave Gettleman sitting in his home by himself, logged into whatever with all his other guys. If he gets a personal phone call, it's not... You know, if he's in the middle of a conversation, he's got to put it down. Hang on, I'm getting a call from a number. I don't know who this is. And, 
you know, I, I think it actually kind of makes it a little bit more complicated. There's not like one number. Or the, what if you know, you know, you're trying to find the fucking number for who you're trying to reach to to make a trade offer or something like that. I think that makes that a little more complicated than less. I mean, if it was me, if I was the commissioner, mm-hmm. I would do two. I would do two things, and they're not going to be popular with the public. One, I would increase the time between each pick in the first round because of these, you know, the communication within each team and with it among other teams is going to be clunky and it's going to be difficult. So I would, you know, what was it 15 minutes now? I'd make it at like 10, isn't it? I don't I, know. I, it's either 10 or 15. I would make it like 20 or 25 just because of that. And second, I don't think I'd have it televised. Yeah. I think. I think you know something. It's great that it's televised. It's great that it's become this event that you know people can participate in and follow along. But the purpose of the draft is to have each team select rookies to get you know to build their roster. That's the priority. And you know if it's too much of a, an impossible task to have to worry about TV as well, I would just assume have you know. Three guys in one studio just talking about it, and they just get the information there because they're going to try to make this way too confusing. You know, it's bad enough if you watch CNN now, or I guess pre-virus, when they'd have eleven people sitting at a desk analyzing the last debate that happened, and nobody can get a word in otherwise. You're going to see, you know, the Brady Bunch on steroids on your screen with thirty boxes, people talking, everybody, what's that? What, what was that? What was that? It's going to be a nightmare. So I, I just assume let's go old school with this and just, you know, you get, you know, one or two people in the room and they just phone in the things or you just don't even have it on TV at all. I mean, this is a, a, a very, very unique time in our country and we just all have to kind of sacrifice a little bit. So what's interesting is that the memo doesn't actually specify how to get your picks in. Um, it does say it's fully virtual, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't just call them in, um, or or if there's like some official team channel they're supposed to go through online or something like that. So it kind of begs the question: Is there a chance that the draft gets hacked? Well, I mean, if uh, but what what I guess hacking it does what what good does it serve the hacker uh, i mean like some hackers just hack to hack because they're trolls because it's good fun um others might be contracted <laughs> who the hell knows no i mean i mean what it, it's something where if uh let's say dave the way they're doing is dave gettleman has to send a like a team's message to roger goodell so he types in giants select for sake of argument, Isaiah Simmons. So we're saying a hacker could get that and do what with that information? Just change it to somebody else? I mean, I guess theoretically that could happen, but uh, or maybe it's just they call. They use the old-fashioned phone. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't specify. I mean, it's just very interesting. We're not. It, it's it's not that I'm against this idea. It's that this idea is developing very quickly. It wasn't, you know, it didn't progress naturally to this state. 
So hey, we we just passed a two trillion dollar bill in like three days and have no idea how to run it. So <laughs> exactly I my mean, point. I, I mean, this whole country is just—they're coming up with ideas they think will work, and they're just implementing them without thinking about details. This is another example. I mean, maybe it's something where instead of going to Goodell, it's just okay, Dave Gettleman, you're up when you're ready. Okay, and Dave Gettleman says in that shouty accent of his, you know, the Giants select whoever. I mean, that might be, you know, it just might be one of those years where it's just different than any other year has and will be. And you know something? If that's the way it is, fine with me. <laughs> you know, uh, you know the, the purpose of this whole thing, again, is to who's each team going to pick? That's 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 the thing. The, the entertainment part comes second. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for now. Um, we'll be back later this week with another episode continuing our uh, position reviews where we're going to go defensive line. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump where I talk specifically football, specifically Giants. Um, less wide scope than this, more specific to um, the players themselves. You can catch me rambling just like I rambled here today. I appreciate everybody giving me the time to ramble. Uh, as always, on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, where I talk about everything that pops into my brain. So, uh, thank you for following me there, and thanks for you know, listening to the show. Obviously, and we'll get through this together. Yeah, and you know the the show itself can be found on you know iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, you know just about anywhere where there's podcasts. That's where yeah. our show is. Yeah. Also, um, if you haven't yet, follow us on our Facebook page as well, where we, in addition to Twitter at Just Giants Pod, we you know, give you the link to the latest episode, give you a little preview for it. So um, follow us there as well. Be the first to find out when a new show is up. Unless you subscribe, you'll know immediately because you'll wake up you know, each Tuesday morning with a new show in your feed. Yep, that's right. All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.